to the Off the Rails podcast, a deep dive into dynasty, death, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. Please welcome your hosts, Ben and James. Off the Rails podcast, talking about what a fucking football on. Well, Ben, we were wrong. Tom Brady did not stay at the Patriots. Uh, yes. Uh, dude, I like still, uh, you were the one that broke that to me. I'm still in disbelief over it. Like, ah, this is a real, this is some alternate reality, you know, or, you know, where coronavirus and Tom Brady signing with the Bucks and things like that happens. I know it's nuts. But yeah, it's, it's not even that he left the Patriots as much as the Bucks. Dude, look, uh, the Bucks like maybe like as far as like the franchise track record or like how the franchise is viewed by the rest of the league isn't exactly like like a shining star franchise. But getting to go to a place where you've got Bruce Arians as your offensive or whatever the head coach, but yeah, offensive mastermind, and you've got guys like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, OJ Howard. And, you know, hopefully they'll do something to add add some running back help and stuff. And, dude, that's a pretty exciting situation. If, if you honestly look around the landscape of the league, there wasn't a more exciting set of weapons paired with a head coach that had a quarterback vacancy than the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, that was the discussion that we were having before. Like, where where is he really going to go? And it honestly, it was just something where we figured it, we figured they were going to sort it out. I mean, honestly, even, even after the news was announced yesterday, it was like Brady signing with the Bucs, done deal. I half expected some sort of Josh McDaniels type flip here today at the beginning of the league year. Before, like, since uh, it's like, I changed his mind. It's the, yeah. it's the Patriots. <laughs> Dude, it could still fucking happen, man. I it could honestly to- <laughs> still happen. And, and like, if it did, it, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing. I know. And that's, that's honestly, I've just been kind of waiting for that. Like, okay. All right. Yeah, no. It's, you know, it's just, it's just it's like, come on, Bill. Come yeah. calling up, up that offer. No, Whatever I mean, the fuck it is he wants. It is the best possible landing spot for him outside of New England of, of, like you said, any of those open spots. A team that wants to win now. Good defense. Team that rounded into good defense. I think they won seven games last year, which you know was higher than, I think, expectations. And that offense is going to change a lot. And I think that's really like outside of, yeah, time Tom Brady signed with a team. Now it's like, what are the ramifications for that in fantasy? And I first want to start with like, does this put Brady in that like low end QB one range again to where like with these weapons, Bruce Arians offense, like it's, it's obviously going to be different with him, but you know, it's not gonna be the same vertical passing game, but it's still going to be a, a good spot for him to land. So how does that I mean, affect dude, like fantasy next year? It's honestly the best spot for, for him to land. I think the bigger question is whether or not this is something that is an improvement or a good thing for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. You know, I as far as Brady as far as Brady goes, yeah, man. To your point, this was this was the softest landing that he could have possibly had, and like honestly, man, there's a pretty pretty good argument to make that like it's a much better situation from the talent around him than even the Patriots at this point. You know, short short of Belichick himself, kind kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I you know for Brady, this could be a little bit of an interesting like year forty two type of resurgence. Um, to fantasy relevance, I don't know, man. Just based on the style of Bruce Arians, um, the way the way that his offense is usually looking, the weapons that he has. So yeah, I mean, again, they're not going to be. It's not going to be the same vertical passing attack. I think like that. Well, that's the question. Thing. I'm sitting you, there. It's like it couldn't be. Yeah, it couldn't be. 
Brady's just, just not capable of doing that in the same in the same way that like he used to or Jameis was. So certainly not to that volume. I think like to your yeah. you know to your open ended question about like you know how does this affect those the pass catching options? I think uh, it's neutral for Chris Godwin. I think with the routes that he runs and everything, like I think he's the best bet for for next year. I think Mike Evans, like it's a bit of a, a wait and see. Like you don't know how that's going to work out for him uh, because he's the one who's mostly getting you know those those deep bombs. Uh, you're not going to see as many of those in this offense. So is you know do they run him in in different ways or do they find other ways to get him the football? Uh, you know it's funny that you and you put OJ Howard into the weapon territory like he's really you know a theoretical he's weapon. back on the table he's back on the table he's a theoretical weapon i mean like he had disappeared uh, even even more than david and joku it felt like you know and these were the two guys in the in the same class and it's like okay yeah i get that he like was a prospect and and you know in theory could have been a guy but we haven't seen it to this point and i don't know if it like now all of a sudden you know oj howard is is a tight end one like i I don't know about that i mean dude like here's here's the deal like a lot of a lot of it is that oj howard has been schemed out of the offense and i don't know that that necessarily is an indictment on his talent per se um because like at points man he's really flashed and looked like a like a very dynamic weapon and somebody that like should should be a major threat in this league so i you know some of this i wonder how this offense is going to shake up at the end of the day man arians is going to have to make changes to what he normally does in order to accommodate what brady's current skill set is and you know what at the it would make way too much sense Brady having like 20 years experience of, of this one offense that he has done successfully for his entire career for him to not bring elements of that to the table as well. And so it's like, yeah, man, the tight end getting reintroduced into the mix. I think it's totally on the table. I think a lot of things are on the table. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what that fit is like, uh, you know, that like Ronald Jones still kind of whatever at the running back position. I feel like they have to draft somebody to, to give him an additional weapon there. We're, we're also forgetting Cameron Brait, who, you know, when you're running uh, the two tight end, two wide receiver, one running back formation, like those, those two guys, uh, you know, that makes for four good weapons, four good pass catching options on that team. So I think a lot of, a lot of unknowns still about like how, how they're going to exactly make this work because yeah, it is a little bit of a departure from the skill set that Arians usually has worked with, but I'm I'm excited to see what happens here, and like yeah, I mean I do think Godwin should be a beneficiary over Evans, and I and I think there should probably be some concern for Evans because he makes his bread downfield. So yeah, I mean you know maybe in in a Brady offense that opens up more for those deep shots. You know we'll we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, obviously this also leaves a void on that Patriots roster at the quarterback position, and frankly the offense as a whole. Yeah, and you know, spoiler alert here: we are not going to get to Patriots signing a quarterback before the end of this free agency update episode because it hasn't happened. So, you know, what what they're going to do, I think, is a huge question mark at this point. And I've got to imagine that Patriots fans are just shitting themselves. I really, I really don't know how else you you could possibly react to like your Hall of Fame goat quarterback signing with another team, you know, in his age forty two season. I, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be dude. This so begins the era for uh, the Patriots, where it's gonna be like rough to be a Patriots fan. And I hope that all of those Patriots fans out there are willing to like you know stick through it with their team through like some trying times here. Yeah, guess what? You don't just get a championship every like fucking two or three years. You know, I 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know about trying times. Again, they still have Bill Belichick, and yeah, it's like, oh my God, what do they do? I'm sure that Boston Sports Radio has been an absolute shit show uh, since this Brady news came out. Like, it, you know, that might be something to go be worth listening to. It's just kind of like caller sound because uh, oh, people yeah. have to I'm be sure so awesome. upset up there. But like, I mean, you know, the Patriots are going to figure it out. And, you know, we'll get to several other guys that have that have signed. And I think that, but there are still a few options out there in, in Cam Newton and Andy Dalton. And we'll see, like, I don't know if you can replace Tom Brady with, with Andy yeah, Dalton. I mean, as, but. as you bring up Cam Newton right now, I mean, there's a couple of pieces of news that, re- that relate to that. Um, you know, obviously the Panthers uh, have gone out now and signed Teddy Bridgewater um, to a three-year, $63 million contract. Yeah. And so that to me says, I plan to start you at quarterback. I don't know what Cam is thinking at this current conjuncture in time, but apparently, and this yeah leads into another piece of the news we have here. CBS Sports' Jonathan Jones is reporting that the expectation is that Cam Newton is going to be released in the coming days. Yep. Which, like, man, is you know, kind of a crazy shakeup there. Um, if not traded, if not traded, they're still they're still trying to traded, trade him. I, they're dude, still trying to trade him. What is but, I mean, what what is his what is his is his health right now though? What does that look like? Because I think that's yeah, going to be a huge factor in whether he, or not teams are interested. I don't think he can pass a physical. If he can't pass a physical, man, then Cam's just going to sit out of the league until he can. I you know I don't know, and like at the end of the day, also I don't know that I necessarily see that as like a Belichick kind of fit. It would be. Super fun to see what he tried to do. Uh, if that if that is where Cam landed, but otherwise, man, it's like yeah, the options aren't great. He could go after Jameis or somebody like that, but it's like uh, as you and I like discussed off air. You know, the error prone nature of Jameis Winston doesn't exactly sound like a Bill Belichick quarterback to me. So yeah, and and funny enough, as I had done in our previous conversation, I omitted him from from the Patriots quarterback uh conversation in the first place i just but yeah i mean it would be funny for savior belichick to just turn him into like the most efficient passer in the nfl um i would i I would love nothing more than to watch that happen to be honest sure i mean who knows who knows i mean very very uncertain times right now in life and and in football uh i mean really the the craziest thing about this quarantine is it feels like I don't know. Like this is the most like trigger happy off season we've seen in a while, right? Like we don't normally get this many deals, and I know there's like a lot more uncertainty at the quarterback position, especially like in free agency players that are available, et cetera. But this year, like I mean, you know, we weren't even planning to do this as like a news episode. We were gonna just kind of touch on yeah, some there's news, just a lot of news, and get into some strategy and. That, you know, we obviously can't we can't do that. There's there's like far too much that has happened in the uh, you know less than forty eight hours since we recorded the last podcast. Dude, it's the great quarterback carousel of twenty twenty. Uh, it's like I don't know that there's been this much like free agent talent at the quarterback position at any point in NFL history, and certainly not this much changing hands. So uh, you know, it's it's yeah, wild and crazy times, man. I you want to keep on the subject of quarterbacks here and go on to the next piece of news. Yeah, I was going to say, there's another big name, another big name veteran that signed with the team today. The Colts went out and signed Phillip Rivers, formerly of the Chargers. This is for a one-year, $25 million deal, but like, man, I like love that as a landing spot for Phillip Rivers. 
And I think that that instantly makes that Indianapolis team pretty scary for next year. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they'll be able to keep him upright, which has been a problem uh, for the Chargers. The last, you know, one of the best lines in the league. Uh, they've got Ty, like those skill position players. There's still some yeah, sorting out that short needs up. to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that needs to be shored up. But like, yeah, as far as like a structure for a team, I guess like Frank Reich, the head coach, was his quarterback coach or, or OC previously. So they've they've got a good connection. It's a great spot for him. Um, Ty is still a good guy. We'll see what there is with with Paris Campbell. But uh, as far as landing spots go, that's that's a good one, and it's going to give Rivers an opportunity to actually win some football games uh, in a good like structured organization. Yeah, I agree. I it it is going to be an interesting little experiment here to see like how much of. I don't know because because that team lost so many close games, and I, you know it's difficult to pin it on Rivers because so many of them were not his fault. But also at the same time, I kind of want to look at it be like, dude, how much how much of this is like a product of just you, man, and not like this organization's failures? And I guess we'll find out here next year because I think this is a pretty great situation for him to land in. Yeah, it is, and you know what, man? Sometimes like in a relationship, like him and the Chargers have been together for a while. There were a lot of like things there that had just been built up for for a long time, and I imagine like there was yeah, Philip Rivers like he was mistake prone, but I mean this guy's been behind his entire career. Every time in the fourth quarter he's down by ten points and he has to come back and 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 win the game, and like that has to like scar you as a person as a player. So a fresh start for him is good. Uh, it leaves the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor. And the news is that they're not going to seek another veteran option. So they, they're drafting in the top 10. They may be one of the teams going after a quarterback. But with Philip Rivers vacating his spot. Yeah. So you think they're they're one of the people that are going to take a guy in the first I, round? Dude, I think, they'll, I think they'll make moves. I think they'll be one of the teams that is like trying to bounce up into one of the early spots to take one of those guys. Okay. So you don't think Tyrod is, is the starter next year? I'm not necessarily saying they won't have him start just like he did for Baker Mayfield kind of thing. Okay, so you're saying like this this guy's a bridge. I'm saying he's a bridge at best. That's all Tyrod's ever been. Yeah, and he and he, he should be able to do that. There, there are obviously you know a, there's a good amount of weapons for the Chargers with uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler. Like that's a, that's a good group of players. I know. I keep sitting here and like saying that the Colts is a good landing spot, but as I like compare it in my head, it's like well, it's a pretty, pretty fucking good situation over there. He had some. I would say a, not even arguably a better set of weapons in the receiving game. Um, yeah, offensive line I think is going to be a big yeah, upgrade for him. World, but, world of a difference there. Yeah, and I think head coaching also. But but yeah, there's, yep. they're they're going to probably need to still find a way to put some other receiving help on that roster. And and I imagine they will. So, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, man, free agency on that front, you know, is pretty thin, and it may be something where they need to like go trade to make that happen. Yep. Um, so that covers that. Uh, next, we're going to move on to a few wide receivers. So, you know, on the last podcast, we've been going on about Brady uh, and nothing had happened really on the wide receiver front outside of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. But uh, almost immediately after we finished recording the podcast, two big transactions happened. Uh, the first one being that the Bills traded for Stephon Diggs uh, from the Vikings, giving them first, fifth, sixth, picks this year a 2021 fourth and then sending out a seventh rounder this year uh, along with Stefan Diggs so 
uh, Bills with Tom Brady vacating the the quarterback spot there in New England, uh, pushing all their chips in the middle of the table for this year. Yeah, man. Uh, like, how much shit do you think Bill O'Brien is getting right now after seeing a deal like this go through? Dude, so much. I heard uh, one of the podcasts I listened to was 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 talking about how like that was just a gift from the football gods. Yeah. That the Stephon Diggs trade happened on the same day that the DeAndre Hopkins trade happened. Just you know to to compare the two, uh, just to make you know Bill O'Brien look like as big of a clown as possible because that's what a good organization gets for value for a, a top yeah, option. Yeah, for a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Yep. And this is the thing, dude, is it's like Diggs in my mind. It's like, are you kidding me? Man? Hopkins is worth twice what Diggs is kind of thing, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, I you know, twice, what you know, whatever. They're both. Hopkins what, is, you know is, in a, is in his own tier. He is in a tier. Well, Hopkins. not his own tier, but he's a tier above Diggs. For sure. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a guy like that. Either you're never trading, or you've got to pay like an you know an OBJ esque ransom kind of thing. Yep. Um, I was a little surprised to see it happen, but good on the Bills, man. I think that he's a pretty good fit there. Uh, I think his skill set will line up pretty well with what Josh Allen is able to do, and like it's honestly uh, the help that they've pretty desperately needed, like since Josh Allen got there. So, I uh, dude, I think he's pretty exciting. I think it makes Josh Allen's prospects more exciting too. Um, you know, on, on the whole, it's definitely a upgrade in my mind from the Minnesota Vikings. That was just like a very inconsistent, um, you know, passing attack in terms of volume and, you know, that, that hurt a ton and it made him an inconsistent fantasy player and a very, very challenging to use. I don't think he's gonna have that problem. I think, I, I think for, especially for the price tag they're paying, he's going to see volume in Buffalo. I, yeah, I think so too. And, and John Brown is the number two then on that team, which I think fits him better like that offense you know looks looks pretty good now and uh we'll see if josh allen can take the next step because there you know there are no more excuses at this point they've they've given him the number one wide receiver they've got a good running back there and devin singletary john brown a few other bit pieces like they've they've got a decent offense and uh it's time for you know that team's been competitive the last few years i think just because of how good their defense is and how well organized that team is and now the offense is getting the jolt uh, around Josh Allen. So good on them for for taking the chance, you know, waiting until the Patriots dynasty kind of crumbles down and uh, and then trying to take that spot that's vacated in the division. Yeah, man, I'm actually really – the AFC East I think is going to be a lot of fun because I think the Dolphins are about to start putting together something exciting too. So uh, it's going to be, yeah, like an interesting division to watch, I, you know, play out I think for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Patriots have won it for like a decade in a row or something at this point. Like, it'll be nice to kind of see um, some uncertainty in the division. 100%. Moving on to the next wide receiver that you had alluded to, the Cowboys have re-signed Amari Cooper for a big pile of money. Like we said, he got paid. Jerry, Jerry, like tries to play hardball with all these guys, and then he <laughs> but Jero always, Papa Jero always pays out. He always pays out, and uh, you know, five years, a hundred million dollars for Amari, like you know, twenty million a year for I. I love Amari. I think there are a few people out there that love Amari as much as I do. Uh, I don't think he's worth twenty million a year, but uh, good on him. Uh, you know. All those Broncos guys are paid, or Broncos, all those Cowboys guys are paid. And, uh, you know, that offense has its elite weapons. It's the best place that Amari Cooper could have landed in, you know, staying there. Going anywhere else wouldn't have been as good as this situation. And, and now that he's paid, 
uh, you know, they can focus on Dak and, and get that offense rolling for next year. Yep, I agree. I, it's just it's just such a big contract, and I and I'm not familiar enough with their cap situation to know what this does to them. But it's, it's bad. Like, man, it's bad. They're paying once, Zeke once like you, 15 million a year. I know, I know. And then once you wrap up Dak, it's like holy shit, dude. Just in those three guys, I mean, like think about the amount of sacrifices you're going to have to make elsewhere. I, I'm just Byron know, Jones. It's a classic fucking Jerry Jones situation. Yeah, Byron Jones is a great example, man. It's like your defense is going to suffer. You won't be able to afford to have it. You know. The guys that you have had on that defense for many years. Just means more receiving yards for Amari. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking, dude. I was like, uh, you know, honestly, for fantasy purposes, the most ideal thing to have happen is have, you know, the team with your fantasy player just dump all of their money onto the offensive side of the ball. The defense will be fucking horrible, and the offense will constantly be coming back out onto the field, you know, with all of their weapons and toys. And Dak can sling it. So... Dak and Slee. And, you know, honestly, man, like, yeah, that was it was a breath of fresh air for Amari's career to go there. And, you know, I think you and I had mentioned in the last podcast that this is definitely like a destination of choice for him, you know, based on the other options that were out there. And so, um, yes, Amari Cooper value remains intact. Do we want to move on to uh, some of the quarterback news that we have that's a little uh, lower than obviously those those two big name guys that were on the move? Yeah, dude, let's let's like let's bang out these last three quarterbacks here. All right, cool. So the first one was the Bears acquiring Nick Foles from the Jaguars in exchange for a fourth round pick this year. So uh, Jaguars fucking thrilled to get off of uh, any of Nick Foles' future money. Bears, you know, Trubisky obviously isn't the guy. Yeah. Bring in some competition. Thrilled to not have to rely on Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. And uh, and so this is kind of I mean Minshew mania in Jacksonville, pretty exciting. If that's actually what happens, like I, I can't believe I couldn't imagine that they roll into next year with with Minshew as their guy. But maybe maybe they're going tank. Who knows? Uh, but this uh, obviously for the Bears, you know, you you had said offline like this this lines up good for anybody that owns any of the Bears' offensive pieces at this point, right? Foles over Trubisky. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I, like you know, as an Allen Robinson owner, I definitely feel like that would be my preference. Mitchell Trubisky is crazy and consistent. There is something to be said though about the fact that he does at least like to like dump a bunch of targets Allen Robinson's way, but like Foles has been known to do that too. And quite frankly, I mean, I just think it's a better passer. Yeah. And you know what, man, he, uh, they can never take that Super Bowl trophy away yeah. from him either. So no, that's, they can't. That's, that's a guy that's won. And, right. Uh, uh, going back, going back to your Minshew mania though. I, uh, I agree with you that I, he was promising and interesting last year and, and like there was at least enough like hype around him. The fans loved him and stuff like that, that I think that like, it's not crazy to see them roll into this year and give him a shot. You know, we keep talking about like, where, where is Jameis Winston going to land? And like, to me, it's like, huh, maybe something like that would, okay. would still make sense. Okay. Obviously you're talking about still being in like South Florida or whatever, a place where he's like, a, you know, a legend, at least from yeah, college Florida, or whatever Florida else. State and it's days, like, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, it's not the craziest thing. It's not the craziest thing. Yeah, he would. I mean, again, him, Cam landing there wouldn't be the worst thing either. I mean, even Andy Dalton, just to bring in a, another guy. Who knows? Who knows what's going on in Jacksonville? You know, none of us have really had any idea what the Jaguars are doing. Uh, 
pretty much since that AFC Championship game. So yeah, dude, they looked like they had so much promise, and that like they could sit there and like rattle off a serious run, and then like it all fell apart so quickly, Qu- quicker than I think I've ever seen. And yeah, they get worse every year. I feel like yeah, and maybe maybe they're resetting things. I mean, they've been they've been making trades like crazy. Uh, they've moved. Foles was one of like three deals that they've done in in the last like week. So they're moving on from pieces, and it looks like they're trying to reset the deck. Uh, the other quarterback uh, that you know we had talked about that's widely expected was Drew Brees resigning in New Orleans, uh, just making that official, getting that done. Uh, two-year, fifty million dollar contract. So it's interesting. Yeah, so like. That's the exciting part, man. It's a two-year deal. It's not a one-year deal. I like I, now that doesn't preclude him from retiring sure. next year or something like that. And it's definitely a team-friendly deal. Um, but like, man, I would love it, love it, love it if Drew Brees was there for another two years. Yeah, I mean, that would obviously be the best thing for for those weapons on offense too. Uh, you know, last year we saw like because of that thumb ligament issue, whatever. Uh, during the season, you know, he had kind of a, a break from football, which allowed his arm to be strong down down the uh, end of the season. I'll be interested to see kind of how the whole season plays out uh, for him with uh, with all those those weapons and just what that offense looks like for the for the whole season with with him under center, presumably. And and you know, Teddy out of there, and now it's Taysom Hill, and we'll find out whether or not Taysom Hill is actually the guy that they believe is their backup quarterback or uh, whether or not they are going to, you know, to go out there and try to find another option. Yeah. I don't know that Taysom Hill is their backup. I, I just don't think he's a backup. I, I don't know. First of all, dude, he's, he's no like spring chicken at this point, right? It's like, this guy's way too late in his career for 30. us to be converting him to like some sort of a full-time quarterback option. Um, I don't know. He is what he is at, the, is at this point, I think, and he's exciting and he's fun to have on roster. But like, I, I think he's got to be the third quarterback on roster. Just you know, I, I don't know. We'll I don't out. know enough about they him. Get, we'll they find gave out. him a first round tender, a first round tender. Paying him like That's... four four something million this year. Uh, like so, I mean, they obviously value him more than anybody else in the league, and 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 we'll see what they do there. Well, whoever the backup option is, it's not going to be as good as Teddy was for them as as a backup option. So um, that you know kind of finishes off that Saints news uh, with with Breeze again. We've we've talked about him plenty over the last month or so. And uh, the last piece of quarterback news was Marcus Mariota signing with uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders, which we'll have to get used to saying. Uh, I think he's hoping to be able to do what Ryan Tannehill did to him last year, huh? <laughs> Wouldn't that be just like a great storyline if that's how it happened? But yeah, like I think that's basically setting up for that where it's like, look, well, you're coming in here to be the presumptive backup, but like you're a pretty good backup, at least on paper. In reality, man, Mariota has not been good. And I think he needs this like, you know, uh, kick in the ass a little bit to sit there and, and maybe find, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is find the motivation to figure it out i don't know what it is yeah we'll see i mean you know i don't want to necessarily accuse him of being like a low motivation guy or something like that i'm not really sure why it never came together for him in tennessee but it's like the the difference in play between him and Tannehill last year was like stark it was and, and that's why Tannehill got paid uh we'll see john gruden who knows you know john gruden was still doing like qb camp stuff when Mariota came out so maybe he's got some extra tape and extra ways to be able to motivate him you know he'll talk to him 
like Gruden does, and 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 who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be talking about Mariota as some sort of revitalized quarterback uh, here uh, at this time next year. But you know, I, not I not super like, big from fantasy perspective. Yeah, I hope they mix him in for some wildcat stuff. Is that is that all Marcus Mariota can do is run the wildcat? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right, so we know we know no, how I mean, you dude, feel I, about Marcus Mariota. Fuck, fuck that, man! I have a share of him in a superflex draft where I drafted him in the second round in the startup. So yeah, this this current situation definitely stings. Last year stung. It's like I and yes, I'm a little bit of a scorned lover in that regard, also. But um, I yeah, man, I'm hoping you know Derek Carr's I I think better than a lot of people give him credit for, but he's not he's not great. Uh, he's definitely in the lower half of the league and. Uh, you know, if there's a spot where Marcus Mariota could maybe, you know, figure it out and get a new chance or whatever, maybe it is Oakland. Oh, uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we've already spent too much time talking about those Raiders and and, Mar- and Mariota at this point. So uh, we can go ahead and cross that one off the list. Uh, next, we have the solution to all of the Texans' problems. The actual reason that they traded they traded DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and it's because they could replace him with Randall Cobb, who they signed Dude, to a sure. three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract, paying him. How old is Randall Cobb? I feel like he's been know, in the he's, league he's, for like he's, fifty. He's in years. his thirties. He's in his thirties, and the funniest part about it is this is three years, twenty-seven mil, and uh, again, you know, you're looking at, at like nine million a year. DeAndre Hopkins only made like four million a year more than this, so. Uh, Randall good. Cobb's only 29 years old, by the way. Is he Very really? Surprising. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, he's played on so Packers, right? The Packers days. And maybe it's just because the guy's always hurt. Packers days, Cowboys last year, and then, you know, went to Bill O'Brien for Bill O'Brien to hand out money. Uh, Poor Deshaun Watson. That's I who I feel the worst man. for, man. It's like, it's like, fuck. I get to throw the ball to Will Fuller six games a year, and then the rest of the year, what do I have? Checkdowns to David Johnson? Nah, bro, you're going to be throwing to Randall Cobb. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, at least they have a lot of draft capital. Oh, wait, they don't. Yeah, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah, they they don't. Bill Bill O'Brien has traded away all of their draft capital. That's why he needed that second-round pick so desperately, because they didn't have one in the first three rounds. I mean, honestly, there will be a reasonable wide receiver available in the second round. But like, if you think you're going to use that goddamn second round pick to replace DeAndre Hopkins, you are smoking crack. No, but Randall Cobb and DeAndre and uh, and whatever rookie they draft certainly is good as yeah, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so we've we've shit on Bill O'Brien enough over the last couple of podcasts. And Dude, uh, let's, go ahead. The last one. Yeah, the last one. Um, Jordan Howard. Formerly of the Eagles, has signed a two-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. And do, do we know the money on that one, James? Has that been released? I think it's like eight mil or something. I can I can look real quick. Eight eight mil per or eight or mil total, total? Total, 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 total. Okay. Total, so that total. sounds like backup running back money to me. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to do the exact thing that he did he's, for he's, Yeah, he's going to get Miles Sanders in. Exactly. Yeah. It's like some team will sign him and then immediately draft an early rookie over him. He's going to piss fantasy owners off for whoever you know has that rookie to start the season, and then around week eight, that that rookie will start to take over. I, I will say this, now. man. If 
I, I can see it now, too, 100%. If for whatever reason, though, they don't draft a rookie, and this is like literally what they're going to go into battle with, I'd consider acquiring some inexpensive shares of Jordan Howard. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, again, if you're on a, a title contending team in, in your fantasy league, this is a great guy for you to kind of like <laughs> fill out your depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're on a title contending team, this is the guy that's going to take you over the top. Jordan Howard with the Miami Finish Dolphins. out your depth, man. This is like <laughs> fantasy football, just like any sport, is all about attrition. It's like, do you have guys at the end of the season? And somebody like Jordan Howard can provide you so a good flex option on those bye weeks and everything. And you know what, man? If, Getting somebody if, like him. If, for like, if, uh, if there's not a rookie on roster. Even if there's a rookie on roster. Jordan uh, Howard was, was, a, was a serviceable flex option this last year. Was he, though? Mm, I mean, 50 yards a game, almost a touchdown a game, 10 okay. receptions. 10 games, 523 rushing yards, 10 receptions, 69 receiving yards, and 7 touchdowns. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I guess I guess that could be worse. That could be worse. It's not great, though. It's not great. No, he hasn't had a great season since like it. his second year in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. He's a plotter. You it know, has actually, shockingly, or not shockingly, his seasons have gotten worse every year. He's gone from 1,300 yards as a rookie to 1,100 to 935 to 525. And so based on that, I'm guessing he's going to get about 300 yards this year. Just, you know, reading the trends. Dude, we'll see. That Dolphins team is a pretty exciting landing. They've been filling out their defense uh, with a lot of veterans in free agency, which makes me think that they're going to use their draft capital on offensive pieces, which is pretty exciting with this draft. And that, like, um, you know, they're definitely a quarterback team. We'll see. I think that anybody landing, that's one of the top landing spots at any of the skill positions. Miami? Yeah. From a dynasty yeah. perspective. Well, I mean, dude, that's sure. That's uh, as much as anything, though, assuming that like a two attack of Iloa lands there. Uh, if that does not happen for whatever reason, I do think, it, you know, that's a little bit uh, uh, like, you know, uh, yeah. You want to you see a plan there. You want to see a plan there. Otherwise, that team could wallow in mediocrity. I think they've executed a good plan. They've, they've I think done, they have they've so done, far. They've done a good job. I mean, that defense is going to be good next year, man. They have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard as their two corners. I know. I think that they're going to draft like a, a well, a Tua. And yeah, dude, they're going to roll into the season with Fitzmagic starting with some like beefed up offensive weapons. And then like, yeah, if he's rocking and rolling, awesome. Otherwise at some point in the season, Tua will come in and I, you know, we'll see what happens, man. And I think they're going to try and make their run with their like quarterback on the rookie deal. Like I, or at least I think that that's what they're convincing themselves. And quite frankly, like on paper, uh, you know, I've seen worse attempts. And so like, I'm excited. I am excited to see how this develops for them yeah, or, or to see how badly they fuck it up. They won five games last year which seems impossible with what that roster was. So yeah. I think Brian Flores is a good coach and motivates people well. And um, that 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 Miami team actually could – you could find some sneaky value in fantasy football and in, like, win totals and stuff too. Like, I think that they're, like, a sneaky okay team after all these all these signings and, you know, getting building a structure and an organization and signing, like, the guys – that will like set the the tempo for that organization moving forward. So we'll see. Who knows? The Dolphins do always find a way to fuck it up. 
So they they usually do, but yeah, man. Like to all of your points here, it's like it looks like they're doing it correctly this time around, at least at the moment. And uh, we'll see how they handle the draft. Dude, they got a bunch of ammo, a bunch of fucking ammo. So uh, you know they could sit there and set this team up for a decade if they if they play this right, kind of thing. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. Me too. Well, uh, that about covers this free agency news uh, podcast for us. Again, we uh, expected to be doing some startup draft strategy for you guys, but so much had happened in the last couple of days that we really needed to do this podcast. So uh, we have pushed that down the road and we'll be having um, more like strategy off-season based content for you in these next couple of episodes. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us at Off the Rails FF on social media and interact with us uh, so that we can engage you, the listener. Off the Rails Podcast.